Please be advised, this episode may include depictions of murder, sexual content, and foul language that is not suitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Welcome back to Wickedness. I'm Lenny. And I'm Mateo. Yes, you are. Or Matt. We've had such a busy weekend. We went down back to New Orleans uh, once again, as you know, maybe from a previous episode. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. Yeah, it was the one where we threw together the Marie Laveau That's right. episode. Yes. We talked about our trip so to New we Orleans. Had, uh, we had fun. And, and there's some things that we did, get to do. we did not get to do. So we took a uh, haunted tour, which is one of those, and we found out that Lenny Kravitz house is for sale down in the French Quarter if anybody's looking for it. Yeah, it it's only like selling for like one point sixteen million. Mm-hmm. If you've got that laying around, mm-hmm. it looks like a shack out front. <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, it looks run down. You wouldn't know it was Lenny Kravitz house. Look on Zillow, Zillow, and you look in the inside. It's it's very crazy nice place. Just saying, the pictures on the outside. Of it, and then you see what's on the inside. You're just like, that cannot possibly be in there, but it is. It's yeah. crazy. And, of course, being that it's Lenny Kravitz, it's going to be nice, you would think. Yeah. And it was. It's pretty awesome. We almost uh, did a riverboat tour, but some stuff happened that delayed us, and we were late and missed the boat. Literally. Literally. <laughs> we missed, missed the boat. The boat. Like, but it is all good. We got held up at the hotel, and then by the time we did leave, we get on the on the little trolleys in New Orleans to get to the river, and it was like the slowest ride ever. All the traffic, every stop, yes. a million people. I think that like it was like the fourth trolley we ended up getting on, right? Because three yeah. of them kept yeah. going. They just kept passing the stops. I was like, we're never going to make it, well, and we no, didn't. We didn't make it. The second one wasn't even full. Yeah, and it just kept going. It was like, why the hell would you if stop? They, I wonder if they, what, whoops, like, oh, I meant to stop, and I I don't it. know. There was like six of us waiting out there, too, and, and they did not stop. Yeah, you're right. The second one wasn't even full, but then the first and the third one were packed, so they just kept going. Yeah. It was the fourth one we ended up getting on. Right. It was nuts. Yeah. We it's, missed the boat. It's been the third time. It was the fourth time. Mm-hmm. Charm. Uh, it worked finally. Yeah, uh, we need to look into getting a refund for that too. By the way, yeah, we do. I don't think we will. No. <laughs> <laughs> then after this exciting weekend, of course, we had to drive back home. We unpacked and we worked on this awesome episode for you today. And then and life then. happened, mm-hmm. and we did not get it released on time. No, so sorry. We got stupid crazy <laughs> things. Yep. Things hit the fan this week. We are so sorry. So. You guys are getting a double whammy this mm-hmm. week, though. You're getting two fabulous wickedness episodes to make up for the missed episode last Ooh, week. Sweet. Mm-hmm. And I know you actually started <laughs> working on this before heading down to New Orleans, but yep. uh, we just we just couldn't get it done, huh? No life. 
life yep. got in the way. It happens. I'm not going to say sorry for living life. So it, it just happens. But that's why we're giving you two. So it's good. Okay. So this week's episode is one of my wifey's favorites. Love to hate serial killers from the way back. Albert Fish. Yeah, I think anyone who knows anything about this guy hates him. He's sick. Yeah, pretty yeah. bad dude. Also known as the Gray Man, Boogeyman, the Werewolf of Wisteria, and the Brooklyn Vampire. <laughs> yes. All that. His name is Albert Fish. <laughs> All right, so Albert Fish was born May 19th, 1870 in Washington, D.C., and his real name is Hamilton Howard Fish. But he went by Albert, which totally makes sense. I can get Albert out of Hamilton Howard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't How know. How did this happen? Well, that's a mystery. <laughs> right? Right away, this guy. No, I'm just kidding. Just, just Everything up, was thrown off. Just coming up with alter egos and identities. <laughs> so his parents were Randall and Ellen Fish. If you look at pictures of Albert Fish, you see someone who doesn't stand out in a crowd. He's He looks pretty small. He's quiet looking. And he'd really blend into the crowd, any crowd that you put him in. He looks like somebody's grandpa. Some I'm serious. Like somebody's sweet little grandpa. Like you see him in the park feeding the birds or something. Yeah. Like he is not scary looking in any way. For some reason I was thinking of Where's Waldo. Like you're, you're giving me a picture of where's Waldo? Where's <laughs> Grand? Where's Grandpa? Where's at? Grandpa? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna Shady, put a silver Shady, alert out for Shady. this guy. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he might even be the old man in the crowd that you make others uh, get up and let him sit down because he just appears to be the sweet kind old man. So you're gonna move mountains for this dude just because he's like hunched over a little mm, and he just plays that part. Just yeah, it. that's who he is. Yep. Huh. And as a child. He suffered from severe mental illness, though. So mm. he's not this sweet, demure little old man at all. He, I mean, it started early in life for him. Along with several of his own family members, he was not the only one. Like, his family ran rampant with mental illnesses. So his brother was committed to an asylum. His uncle was diagnosed with mania, which is bipolar disorder. And his mom suffered from severe hallucinations. So it's not surprising that he also had a mental illness that he suffered from. So Jeez. other, yeah. That's all, that's, yeah. that's a family history right there. Yeah, yeah. It, he's definitely comes by it naturally. But he also grew up without a father. His dad was 75 years old when he was born. Mm. Could you imagine having a baby at 75 years no. old? Yeah, me either. Not trying to do that. Nope. And we can't. I'm too tired already <laughs> for that. <laughs> I know. We babysat our granddaughters last night, and I was like, yep, this is a lot of work. <laughs> so anyway, um, he died. his dad died when he was only five years old. So he was 80 when he died. So this guy lived a full life. But, yeah. but He's still going to die at a, at a, for Albert's age being very young. Right, yeah. So Even if he's 90 or, or yeah. whatever, still at a younger age. But because his dad passed away when he was so young, his mom became a single mom and couldn't take care of him and his siblings. So she had to leave them in a local orphanage called St. John's Home for Boys. And this is kind of when it all really goes downhill for him. This orphanage is where he started to develop his obsession and lust for pain. He became a sadist and a masochist here. If you don't know, sadism is where you like to inflict pain on others, and masochism is where you get sexual pleasure from feeling the pain on yourself. Mm -hmm. So 
he liked to do both. He liked to hurt others and watch them get hurt at the same time. He's really messed up, dude. But it's because the caretaker of the, at the orphanage regularly beat the children in the home and would even make them beat each other. And That's wild. Yeah. Like, beat, beat them. Yeah. Draw blood, beat them. It, it was crazy how bad the beatings were on these kids. Most of the kids were terrified of this caretaker, but Albert got to where he was like looking forward to this guy showing up. He was getting off on it. Wow. Yeah. So they helped to create and develop the sadist and the masochist that came out in Albert Fish. It was these beatings that made Albert aware of his affinity for pain, and he enjoyed the beatings while the other boys were just, like I said, completely messed up by it. Albert was quoted to say, I was there till I was nearly nine. Mind you, he went in at five. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's when I got started wrong. That's how he describes. He says, that's when I get start, or got started wrong. He also recalled that, quote, we were unmercifully whipped. I saw boys doing many things they should not have done, end quote. I assume he saw the boys whipping other boys, but I'm not sure. Probably in what no else telling what else. Right. I mean, it had to be bad. Yeah. The things about it, it's, it's kind of crazy. It was kind of like, okay, I accept this. This is my... I'm, I'm getting these beatings. Now I'm going to learn to enjoy it and love it, which yeah. is horrible. Yeah. But to, you know, which way do you go? I mean, you, you, you're scared of it. You're frightful. It causes another type of, um, you know, mental issues or anxiety, right. social or anxiety disorders or what have you. But now he's like, nope, you know what? Well, and you know, I'll say he was thinking this, but I'm just saying like, well, this is my this is what it is. So I'm just gonna learn to love this, and he really learned to love it. Yes, and you know what? As what I was about to say is, that's it's one thing to enjoy that. There are people out there who do enjoy pain, like they do get off on it, and that's yeah. your prerogative. Like you can totally. I mean, they're what a um, what are they called? Dominatrix or something? No, that's yeah. a girl, right? But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, S and M is S and M. Anyway, I don't live that lifestyle, y'all. So I don't know, but. Wherever they go to get beat mm-hmm. for sexual pleasure, like people do this, and that's fine. You can have your kink and quirks and live your life to the fullest. I don't knock it at all. It's not for everybody, but it's wrong when when you take it to the extreme that Albert Fish did. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you don't have volunteers. You're doing it to people who are not okay with it. Right. It's just anyway. Don't do that. That's tough. Yeah. So all of the abuse he suffered at the orphanage taught him to associate pain with pleasure, which led him to developing a sexual affinity to pain as well. So it did start turning him on eventually. Mm -hmm. His mom was finally able to financially support him and his siblings by 1880. So she took them back from the orphanage. But by this time, Albert was already completely damaged. So Albert was beating himself. For sexual gratification like he literally made whips and stuff at home and he was obsessed with self-mutilation he would insert needles into his groin and his abdomen while he whipped or flogged himself like he's putting needles inside and these needles never came out he put them so deep inside him he couldn't get them out oh my goodness so they were just in there oh in x-rays like later in life or like after he was fried in the electric chair there's so many needles in there, they couldn't even count them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. In his abdomen and in his groin. It's crazy. So you should see the pictures. I'll post them on our Instagram. Jeez. Also, when he was 12, he met another boy in 1882 who introduced him to the sexual practices of 
Euro, I'm going to say these wrong, Eurolagnia and Copoprygia, which is where people get off on eating and drinking human waste. So basically, oh. yeah. Yeah. So he was introduced to that and dug it. And all of this is bad enough, but when he was 20 years old in 1890, Albert began his crimes against children. So instead of sticking to his own age group for this kind of crap, he he went for kids. Do you think now, do you think he went for kids because of what he witnessed at the orphanage about that that I, other part of me older says person? yes. Okay. But also in another story which I would will tell in this, part of me says no. Okay. It says that he was a coward in a, in a bunch of ways. And and okay. when I get to that story, uh, it'll make sense. sense. Yeah. Okay. So Albert had moved to New York when he was 20 years old, and he began prostituting himself and molesting young boys. So he would lure these boys from their homes and rape and murder them. It was said that his favorite weapon to use was a nail-studded board or paddle that, that he had made. And it was just had a bunch of nails in the end. Yeah. Ugh. So... The crazy twist in this sick story is that he led a normal life this whole time. His mom introduced him to his wife, who he married and fathered six children with. He revered his own kids, obsessively cared for them, and was a good father, and eventually a good grandfather. He, he never even considered harming them in any way. Yeah, he was really good to his own that's, family. That's pretty wild. But, I mean, you see that. Uh, what, what's the, um, the killer up in um, Kansas? In uh, Wichita. Oh, BTK. BTK. I mean, he had that family life. He had his church that he was into, and he yeah. had this whole other thing. Yeah, it's true. Yep, because, I mean, the whole time that he's been a good dad, Albert Fish is also raping, beating, and murdering children. It's, it's, it's just mm-hmm. so weird how you can be one person here mm-hmm. and a whole other person that no one else knows about. It's a yin and yang. It was a balance. He was... Like, here, I'm going to be this guy. I want to be this guy, but I really am this person, too. So I'm going to oh, do this sick. over here to the right, and you're not going to see it. And yeah, people did it. Wild. Yeah. yeah. So in 1910, Albert had taken a partner in Delaware named Thomas Kedden. I think I said his name right. Might be Kedden. I don't know. But Who's Kedden? Right? Who's Kedden? <laughs> Sorry. They started a sadomasochistic relationship, although it was unknown how much Thomas had consented to. He was said to be a little sl- on the slower side according to Albert. And this was perfect. It, he fit in perfectly with Albert Fish's type. Like he liked to pick on slower, younger boys. Okay. So I tend to think it wasn't really consensual because only 10 days into their weird relationship, Albert met Thomas in an abandoned farmhouse. But when Thomas got there, Albert locked him inside. And then he tortured Thomas for two straight weeks mutilating his body and finally cutting off half of his penis when he realized that Thomas had an erection. And after cutting half of Thomas's penis off, he threw a $10 bill on a nearby, nearby table and just left him there. Jeez. Like, no emotion behind it at all. Just, mm-hmm. And of course, you're a killer. You're not going to have any emotions. Like, this guy didn't feel crap. I don't know how he showed love to his family, but to do stuff like he did, I, I think it had to be fake. It had to be faked, all of it, but it's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. So in 1917, Albert's wife left him for another man. Some think it was because of his mental illness, but after she left him, his self-harming got worse. Like He just really got into it. He was putting more and more pins into his groin, and he started, this is so bad, 
He started soaking wool in oil, shoving it into his anus and lighting on fire. Could you imagine doing that to yourself? Yeah, that's, jeez. Uh, <laughs> he also started having auditory hallucinations, claiming things like uh, John the Apostle was talking to him and telling him what to do. In some instances, he even claimed that he heard straight from God on what to do. Mm-hmm. Like The dude was really going crazy. He also started playing sadomasochistic games with his kids and started inviting them to eat raw meat with him um, because the meals he would have were raw meat. And these are precursors to his cannibalism. Okay. So finally, only two short years later in 1919, Albert began considering murder. So he hadn't really murdered anyone up to this point, but then he started saying, I could do this. And he started kidnapping kids that he believed no one would miss, like slower kids, intellectually disabled orphans, and and black children, which I don't understand the black children thing. It has to be a mentality back in the time frame. Yeah, I think so. Because last time I checked, black kids well, are when, just as loved as Well, sure, about the families, kids. but were the, were the cops that were, prob- were predominantly Probably not. Right, and that's why I said it's probably that time frame. Sure. It just, I hate that crap yeah. about our history. So it sounds like he... he uh, <laughs> He started by inflicting pain to himself. Then he started inflicting it on others. And now he's thinking about, I'm going to start killing. Yeah. I mean, it progressed like, mm -hmm. like most serial killers do. I mean, I don't know of any story out there where a serial killer just showed up going, yep, I started killing today. (laughs) You didn't start that way. Every one of them has progressed in some way from what we know. Sure. So he did too. And as another way to kidnap kids and broaden his options, he found newspaper ads where families were looking to put their children to work to help make ends meet. Because remember, back in this day and time, there was a lot of poor poor people out there. Yeah. I mean, there were still have a lot of poor people, but yeah. in, a, in a very different way. But when it was okay for children to work. Yes, yeah. And they would miss school to help mm-hmm. their families out and stuff. So yeah. he preyed on these families by pretending to be a wealthy old man named Frank Howard who needed help with his farm work or something like that. And he would provide a fake name and address, and he would take these boys and torture them and kill them. So that was his MO. This is what he did. And it's exactly what was going on when he happened to kidnap a little girl named Grace Bud. So this is where I say it's going to come out. This story right here is where I say he's more of a coward. But he had answered to an ad expecting to take Grace's brother, but when he saw him, he knew that he was too big for him to overcome and that that Grace's brother would be too strong for him. So and would out, you know, like overpower him. So he yeah. was like, no, I can't take him. He's just too much of a weaker, a littler guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is why I say he's a coward. Does that make sense? He wasn't up for it. He's like, no, no, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Like you'll you'll prey on those little ones that you can overpower, but. God forbid it be someone who's actually a half-grown young man yeah. who might kick your ass. He's like, nope. Yeah, but during his meeting with the family, when he realized he wouldn't be able to take the boy, he he saw Grace. He saw the little girl. Mm. And he's she was sitting on his lap at one point and gave him a kiss on the cheek. And Albert noted that this was when he decided he was going to take her and eat her. Like, this was... he. Like, I don't understand how a kiss on his cheek from a sweet little girl goes, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't get that. But so to make sure he was able to take Grace, he came up with a story that he was in town that day um, to go visit his niece and attend her birthday party, as well as 
have the meeting with them. And he invited Grace to come to the party with her and convinced her parents, Delia and Albert Budd, to let him take her. Yeah. And, of course, this is a different day and age. But apparently, Delia did say no at first. But her husband, Albert, said, you know, since Grace never got to go anywhere because they didn't have much money, so it would be it would be good for her to go and socialize with some kids her age and yeah. have, have a little fun that she deserved that. So here's her dad, like, trusting this friendly little old man who's mm. going to give his son he's promising to give his son a job you know and they're gonna they're gonna he's gonna help their family so yeah go ahead take my daughter you know and they they let grace go with albert fish to this fake party yeah and when she left home that was the last time her family ever mm-hmm. saw her they never saw her again albert took grace to his home upstate which is where he had intended to take grace's brother to torture him Albert had written a letter to the Bud family describing exactly what he did to Grace, oh my which I still find to be so freaking sick. How do you, how do you start that? Greetings? I mean, that's just I don't crazy. know. And it's his ego that made him write it because they yeah. were the paper had like printed something about who they suspected and it wasn't Albert. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I'll tell you exactly what I did to this little girl. You know oh what I'm my. saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if my kids were ever kidnapped, I don't need to know the details. I don't want to know how they were murdered or any of that stuff because it's already going to eat me alive, my imagination. If I know the real facts, oh, gosh, that'll drive me nuts. So there's just one more thing about him that makes you cringe and want to walk away from even knowing anything about him in the first place, really. You know, you just kind of get sucked into his sick world. Mm -hmm. I hate when kids are involved, too. But that's that's what he preyed on. So... This is when I describe what his letter said, and it's it's a little disturbing. I'm not reading the whole letter, but that is online if you guys did want to read it. Um, but if you don't want to hear about what he did to Grace, just kind of skip ahead a little bit. So in his letter, he said that he brought her to an abandoned house just across from his own home. He told her to wait outside while he went inside. He went up to the second floor and stripped naked so he didn't get any of her blood on him as she was outside picking wildflowers in the yard. He called from a second-story window to have her come inside and come upstairs. He called um, He called her to the room, and when she entered, she saw him naked and screamed, but he grabbed her before she could run away. He said, quote, First, I stripped her naked, how she did kick, bite, and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut her in small pieces so I could take the meat to my rooms, cook, and eat it. It took me nine days to eat her entire body, end quote. Yeah. The supposed intention of this letter was to disturb the family, but instead this is what started Albert's downfall. So his letter to the family actually is what led the police to him, thankfully. Oh, yeah. The paper he used to write the letter to the family on, you know, was Mm -hmm. stationary from the New York Private Chauffeur's Benevolent Association. Police contacted the company and discovered that the paper had been left behind by a janitor for the company and it had been left in his room at the boarding house he was staying at. They also found that Albert Fish was staying at this same boarding house, and the description they had of Frank Howard from Grace's family matched Albert's description. So police set up an interview with him, and surprisingly enough, Albert immediately confessed to what he did to Grace and many other children. Oh my goodness. Instead of trying Just, to claim that he was innocent. Yeah, he was like, I don't have a fight. Police said he couldn't get it out fast enough. Like he was, he was, he provided enough details and like, like he was proud of it. Mm. 
and he was excited to get to tell someone yeah. his story now. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm caught. Okay, now I can tell you guys everything, everything I did. I just want to. Yeah, yes. That's wild. Yeah. And in the end, he was only convicted of three children's death, but he confessed to many, many more. Hmm. Some they were never able to actually um, prove. But Grace's was the most infamous. And the other two that were linked to Albert were just as bad, if not worse, though, in some ways. So you've got one of them was Billy Gaffney, who was four years old at the time. I hate this one, too. I mean, on Grace's, at least he choked her to death first. Like this poor little boy. Yeah, before she knew of anything else coming. I mean, he just yeah, he was, suffocated her. He based, was scared. You know. or she was scared. She knew she was getting attacked, and he choked her. So, of course, there's fear and all that there. But, but he killed her right away. This little boy did not do that, too. So Billy reportedly disappeared while playing with a neighbor child in Brooklyn in February of 1927. The neighbor boy described Billy's abductor as being the boogeyman. And he described the man as being a small old man with gray hair and a gray mustache. But apparently police took the child's description as a three-year-old's imagination. And they, but they searched the neighborhood to see if they could find Billy. And Mm -hmm. Billy was never seen again. However, after Albert was arrested, a Brooklyn trolley driver came forward saying that Albert was the same, quote, nervous old man, end quote, that's how he described him, that he saw in that area on the same day that Billy went missing. The trolley driver said the little boy was with Albert on the trolley crying for his mom, and Albert was trying to calm him down. And when the trolley stopped, he dragged the little boy off the trolley. No one stopped him, of course, because they think... This old man is supposed to have this little maybe, boy. Yeah, his grandpa and he's... And, uh, yeah, he and maybe the kid. little boy's crying for mom because for mom. he just wants to go see mom, you know? like Or there's... he got in trouble from grandpa and right. now wants to be with mom. Yep, but no one interfered. And later, Albert admitted to kidnapping and murdering Billy. He described in detail what he did to the little boy, saying, quote, I took tools, a good heavy cat of nine tails, homemade, short handle, cut one of my belts in half, slit the halves in six strips about eight inches long. I whipped his bear behind till the blood ran down his legs. I cut off his ears, nose, slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged out his eyes. He was dead by then. I stuck the knife in his belly and held his held my mouth to his body and drank his blood. End quote. Oh. Billy's remains were never found, so they assumed that he ate him. Yeah. But he did all that while the boy was alive. He was four fucking years old. Yeah. Sick. Yes. So the third victim that he was convicted of murdering, along with Grace and Billy, was a young boy named Francis McDonald. In 1924, Francis was playing with his brother and some friends in Staten Island. His body was found shortly after he went missing in the woods nearby, and he had been strangled by his suspenders. Albert confessed to this murder, saying he assaulted and strangled him, I was about to dismember the little boy's body, but he ran when he thought he heard someone approaching. Because remember, they were in a park, so he had kind of yeah. just taken him off into a little secluded area. So he chickened out, right. luckily. Mm-hmm. But I say luckily. I mean, yes. Only yeah. just so the boy wasn't mutilated, but he was yeah. still dead. Mm-hmm. Like, he still killed him. And at least he didn't torture the little boy. I mean, there's some grace in that story that i appreciate like the little boy's suffering didn't happen the way the other yes Mm -hmm. like it just oh anyway so albert was said to have smiled while he confessed the details of of the murders 
and just showing you how absolutely sick the man is. Like, he, how can you have a smile on this talking about like it's they something gave him to be proud of? Satisfaction. So sad. So Albert's now caught. He's confessed to his murders, but he goes to trial anyway, which I find really weird. I don't think we do that anymore. I think they did back then, but now we don't. But his trial started on March 11th, 1935. His defense pled innocent by reason of insanity, which blows my mind. Insanity does not, in my opinion, make you innocent. Like, how can you say you're innocent by reason of insanity? I know that they do that, but it just is, no. You have to be held accountable. So even if you are legally insane mm-hmm. when you did this stuff, like to call you and innocent, you're still not innocent. to do this no matter what. Right. I know. I, I mean, I understand that some people who are insane might not realize what they're doing, but I don't like them associating the word innocent with it yeah. at all because you're not. You're guilty in a different way. But anyway, he claimed that his auditory hallucinations told him to kill those kids, and they really clung to this insanity plea. His plea, his his defense was just really stuck to it. So even though the defense hired several psychiatrists who agreed with his insanity plea, and let's face it, the man was nuts, the jury still found him to be sane enough to know better. His trial took 10 days, and Albert was found guilty and sentenced to death. And thank God, I mean, that they saw that he was just, they saw that he was sane enough to know better. Yeah, yeah, I am so glad. Because he would have kept doing doing this. Well, and I don't think juries nowadays do that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I think nowadays it's up to the judge and like all these psychiatrists to come back and say, no, they can't stand trial because he is a little too whatever. I wonder what, and what takes it 10 days? I mean, they're trying to get out all the killing, everything that they can. Probably to figure out how much and what, and to give closure to families. Well, or, I or would, what. I would think so. Like, uh, I mean, the guy's already confessed to course, it, so I don't know what takes ten days. I don't even know why they went to trial. But of course, his lawyers are going to bring up all the talks about how he was, how he was brought up, and how this happened, right. and that happened, and I guess ten days with expert witnesses or witnesses and experts, blah blah blah. I mean, it just mm, who knows? No no it seems like a waste to me, but yeah. In the year leading up to his death, he was in Sing Sing Prison in New York on death row. While there, he allowed he was allowed to write letters and notes describing his murders and other crimes. These notes and letters were supposed to help journalists to report his crimes in more detail, giving the world a true glimpse into the evilness of this man. However, his detailed notes and letters were never released. The assumption is that he had between three and nine victims, but Albert himself claimed to have at least one child in every state, though yeah, that's never been proven. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I think he's just kind of Ill- making very, his crimes well, seem a little more elaborate. And if you remember you saying about how he, he got satisfaction on being able to tell a story finally. So now right. he's getting to tell it here. And I, I'm, you know, he's, right. try, he's trying. Yeah, I think so too. But just before his execution... His attorney, Jack Dempsey, announced to the public that he would not be releasing notes to the public ever. Yeah, he said, quote, I will never show it to anyone. It was the most filthy string of obscenities I've ever read, end quote. Mm, And I'm so glad. I don't want to know. I don't either. I don't think anyone should know. Mm -mm. So we know enough. And that's, I mean, I'm good with that. So a year after he was sentenced to death on January 16th, 1936, Albert was electrocuted in the electric chair. So that's the that's the sick story of Albert Fish, who I have to admit, 
the whole story, every single time I hear it or even think about it, it just totally makes me inwardly cringe yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. You know, he did this to ki- to kids. Yeah. And I know people get messed up by things that, I mean, this, what happens to us when we're in early childhood development and stuff really, yeah. really can either make or break us. I right. know that. Yes. But, but to go off the rails the way this guy did, so it just... It's terrible. Well, it's like that that thing, you know, where you talk about are leaders are leaders born or are they made? And you could kind of, oh, I mean, genetics, okay, I could see that, but they're mm-hmm. made. But a psychopath, are they born that way or made? Okay, there are some genetics traits possibly, yeah. but they're made into. I mean, the things that he saw and witnessed that maybe made him and start enjoying, oh like yeah, pain on himself and others. Yeah, he got that from that orphanage. I totally think so. Because if he was, yes. and he says it himself. Yeah, he did. He admits. He said, it. "This is where I went. Started going wrong." Yeah, yeah. He's, but you know, self mutilation. That's your prerogative. You could do what you want to your own body. You're hurting yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't want people to go out and just be like, "Well, I, I, I know that there are people who self mutilate because they feel pain and they need some, you know, some help and attention and things like that." Like, I'm not saying that's okay, but it's fine. If you derive some kind of sexual pleasure from hurting yourself to do what you do to you, it's fine if you have like that whole S&M relationship with someone who's willingly saying, yeah, I want you to whip me while you do whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's consensual and totally fine. And no one is getting truly hurt from what I understand in those things, but in those situations. But what he did is completely fucked up and heartbreaking. Yeah. Like he, he's just beyond sick. And, and I'm, I mean, personally for me, I wish he had gotten worse in the electric chair, but I don't know what you can do worse to somebody. And he's a sadomasochist anyway. So we'd probably get off on it. Like there's probably <laughs> nothing that you could do to this man that would have, you know, gone like, I, I don't know, done yeah. the damage you would hope that he would get. But yeah, that's it. No, that's, I, I believe it. That's Albert Fish for you. All right. So that is this episode. Uh, We hope you guys liked it. We apologize for the late release. We have been super busy, but we get it. Uh, We we apologize for the late release. We have been super busy, but we got it to you as soon as we could. So thanks for listening. Check us out on our website at Wickedness True Crime and theunknown.com and follow us on Instagram at Wickedness True Crime. You can check us out on Anchor at anchor.fm slash wickedness. And you can also support us if you want to at anchor.fm slash wickedness and click on that support button. Also, send us your ideas and stories and thoughts to our email and we will get back to you at wickednesstruecrime at yahoo.com. Also, rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to on uh, for your podcast. And we need those ratings. So that's it for this week. For this one episode, I think we've got a double dose this yep. week coming up for you. So come back and listen to us again and take care. Bye. Yep. Bye.